Welcome to the Let's Ditch Misophonia podcast. I'm your host, Brooklyn, and I'm sharing how unconscious reprogramming helped me eliminate my own misophonia after more than 20 years of suffering. I'm also sharing how I support my clients using the same tools and modalities to help them lessen trigger sounds, alleviate the suffering they experience from misophonia, and create more joy in their lives. My degree in communication, coupled with my training and certification in working with the unconscious mind, creates a coaching environment with a unique approach to get you results. So with that being said, let's dive into the show. Hello all and welcome to another episode of the Let's Ditch Misophonia podcast. We are going to be kind of going a different route today. I'm of course still going to tie misophonia into what it is that I'm talking about today, but I'm actually going to be sharing the story of getting my first tattoo slash tattoos. I got two at the same time and I promise you that the story does tie miso into it. And this episode was also sparked by this sensation that I've been having over the last, probably the last month or so. And it's, it's not something that I've necessarily expressed. I've expressed it to a couple people in my life, but I honestly, I don't really know where it came from. It kind of came out of the blue. And I know I've been diving into a lot of spiritual resources lately and books and things like that. And so I'm sure that has something to do with it. But this revelation really did kind of come out of nowhere and it was a really calming, beautiful thing that overcame me. And so I want to share that today on the podcast. So what is today's episode going to be about? Like I said, I'm going to dive into the the story of getting my first tattoos. I'm going to tie misophonia into this, I promise. And also I am going to share a little bit of my kind of spiritual perspective. And I am one where I'm cool with whatever it is that you believe, whether that's a religion or you're in touch with spirituality or you don't believe in anything. It really, for me, doesn't matter. You do you, whatever's going to make you happy. Obviously, as as long as you aren't trying to harm others with that ideology or trying to convert others into that ideology against their will. But in terms of what you believe, I think that's cool. Go nuts. And so I'm definitely not saying that my way of thinking is the right way. I'm not trying to convince you of anything. I'm just kind of sharing what I've been experiencing and how that supported me on my journey with misophonia. So I am going to tie this all back into misophonia, I promise, even if it seems kind of wacky and weird. So this episode is going to be a little bit different than some of the other ones where I'm providing kind of some tips and tricks. It's going to be more of a story and kind of my evolution. And and so I'm looking forward to, to sharing that and I'm happy that you're here. Before we get started, though, I do want to say if you are interested in working with me, but you're not quite ready to commit to like the eight week program, I am going to be hosting a masterclass this fall and it's going to be a two to three hour live training. If you can't make it live, totally okay. There will be a recording for you and we're going to work together and we're going to go through the six step roadmap that I used for myself to clear up my own misophonia and the same roadmap that I use with my clients and what the program is based on as well. So we're going to dive in and really do some of that work. And it's a really value-packed masterclass with a low ticket price tag to it. So we're talking less than $100. So if you want to get on the wait list to be the first to know when more information comes out, go to the link in my or link in the show notes. In fact, I'm wondering when this episode comes out the masterclass enrollment might actually be open. Either way, whether it's open or it's still the waitlist, that link will be in the show notes. 
And I'm really excited to launch that masterclass very soon and get to see more of you and really create something really, really beautiful. The more people that come together, I love having the group energy because we're all there for one purpose. And that is to alleviate the suffering that we've experienced from misophonia. And so having all of that energy come together in that container, it really does spark some really cool healing and it's, it's just really cool. So that's why I really, really like working in groups. I still do one-on-one coaching, but I'm telling you there's something so special about coming together with other people who know what you're going through. So if you want to get more information on that, go to the show notes and now we are going to dive in. So remember how I said earlier, something came to me over the last month or so. And it's like, I honestly, I'm not even sure where it really came from, but I had this realization of like, if I were to die today now, do I want to die anytime soon? No, I love living my life. There's so much more I want to see. There's so many more memories I want to build. I'm getting married in April to my fiance. Like there's so many beautiful things that I want to experience. And also if I were to die today, or if I were to be told, Hey, today's your last day. I really do feel at peace with that. Now, granted the first like 20, 25 years of my life was really, really challenging, really difficult misophonia was a huge part and why that was so just it was really really hard to even just exist but I'm telling you even just the last five years of my life has made up for those 20 years that I struggled and I know it sounds wild and I know it sounds unbelievable but for me it's absolutely the truth and I've still experienced some trauma and some not so great things in the last five years and so it's not the actual events in my life that have changed it's my perspective on these things that has changed. And I really do see, you know, some of the negative things or some of the challenges as opportunities for growth. And I've said this before, I think on the podcast, and I say this to my clients, if you need something reframed, come to me. I am, I love reframing like shitty situations and helping you see the silver lining or not even the silver lining, but helping you see, okay, yeah, this sucks that it really sucks that you experienced this. This wasn't fun to go through. But what is the one thing that you can take from it, right? What is that one seed that's going to lead to your growth? So for example, my car was hit two times in the last like year, both parked in front of my house when I wasn't in it. It was hit by people driving down the street. And the first time it was hit by my neighbor, that was a really crappy situation, right? It was a whole ordeal to get it fixed and it, it was just a whole thing. But the one thing that I took from that is I was like, you know what? This taught me how to navigate an insurance claim. It helped me find a body shop. It helped me grow as an adult human being like, hey, this is what you do when you're in an accident. This is what you don't do. This is how you navigate the process. And it really helped me to grow and evolve. So yes, it sucked having my car damaged for several months because I had to wait a long time for the the body shop to have an opening. It sucked that now my car is going to be worth less because it has this accident report on it. And also I was able to say, okay, what is something that I can take from this crappy situation? Oh, I, this is a chance for me to grow and evolve and basically learn how to adult, right? And so I'm really, really good at reframing crappy things as, okay, what can I learn from this? What can I take from this? And so it hit me the other day, like, again, yeah, I don't want to die. I love my life. There's so much more I want to experience. And I know there's a lot of people in my life who would be gutted if something happened to me, especially at this age, as of recording this, I'm 27. 
I'm very young and I look forward to many more memories. And also, if it's my time to go, I'm so grateful for everything I've gotten to experience up until this point. And I remind you again that until earlier this year, I was 27 by the time I'm still 27. So it's been it was in February. It's been like eight months or so, something longer. I'm not going to do the math while I'm recording this. But it was over 20 years of suffering from misophonia. And I had it a very, very severe case of it. I've said before how like my ears would bleed from how hard I'd be plugging my ears or tugging at my ears in classes. It was really, really difficult to exist in the world. So I've had a lot of struggles. I've had a lot of pain. And yet I'm still so freaking grateful for all of the things that I've gotten to experience, even just in the last couple years. I've gotten to travel to different countries. I'm making new friendships. I'm with someone that I really love and care about. And I'm very excited to to get to kind of tie the knot with them and experience life with them. I have beautiful plants. I have beautiful animals. And at the same time, there's still so much more that I want to do. I love getting to support my clients and I want to continue supporting even more of you. There's more countries I want to visit. There's more things that I want to do in my business. There's more friends and people that I want to meet. And there's just so much to experience. And I can't look forward without also being grateful for everything that's been and everything that's happening. And I did not always have this perspective in life. I really, really didn't. I used to be miserable. Just there's no better way to put it. I used to be fucking miserable, okay? Like really depressed, really anxious, very negative. And I really played the role of victim mindset. Everything was why me? Why is this happening to me? I'll never be able to catch a break. I'll never be able to do what I want. I mean, you can ask anyone who knew me in my early 20s, in my teens. I was quite literally very miserable. And it wasn't just misophonia. There were so many other things that played into that. And slowly over time, I was able to get myself to a place. And yeah, it took a lot of work. It took a lot of commitment. But I was able to get myself to a place where I now very much take a creator role in my life. So I'm like, okay, if things aren't going the way that I want them to, how can I shift them? And I also recognize when things are completely out of my control. So for example, my neighbor coming by and hitting my car, that was completely out of my control, right? And some people might say, oh, well, you could have parked your car somewhere else. How would I have known, unless I tapped into the future, I'm not a time traveler, how could I possibly have known that my neighbor was going to hit my car that day? How could I possibly have thought to park it anywhere else except right in front of my house, right? I can't park in the garage. Doug parks in the garage. Like, I couldn't have parked it anywhere else. I couldn't have done anything other than exactly what I did. So none of that situation had anything to do with me. That was completely external, something that happened. That was a choice that the neighbor made, right? Well, not a choice. It was an accident, but you know what I mean, right? Like that was their actions and then I had to deal with the consequences. And so for me, there there was like a couple days where I was pissed, obviously. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, why did they hit my new car and not the old one? I, I was still a bit upset, right? But even with my neighbor, I, I stayed relatively pretty calm because she did you know come to the door and she let me know what happened and I managed to keep it together even when she said she wasn't wearing her glasses but irrelevant (laughs) moved on I managed to stay pretty calm because what I realized is there's nothing I could have done to prevent this like I'm gonna learn from this I'm gonna grow from this I'm gonna learn a new skill which is navigating an accident calling a body shop getting things fixed getting an estimate dealing with insurance this is a chance for me to grow 
And it's not like being pissed about it is going to make it not happen. It's already happened. It is what it is. I can't change it. So how can I move forward? And so for me, I very much step into that creator state of of mind. And again, like I said, recognize when things are internal and when things are external. So let's say that I'm having an argument argument with my sister, for example, and I say something really stupid and I've hurt her feelings and I've caused like a riff in our relationship. That is something internal. That's where I can look and I can say, okay, why did I respond to her this way? Like, I like my sister. I love my sister. Why did I speak to her this way? That is something where I can do the work internally and then I can go to her and say, hey, this is what happened. I shouldn't have said that to you or I don't like to use the word shouldn't have. I said something to you that hurt your feelings. I want to apologize for that. Here's, you know, here's how we're moving forward. Here's how I'd love to move forward. I respect you, whatever else, right? This is just like a theoretical situation versus again, something external, which would be like, again, someone hitting my car. I have no control over that. Or maybe my sister says something to me and it really doesn't have anything to do with me. Maybe she was just having a lot of stress in her life and I happen to be around and she lashes out at me, right? That's typically how it goes with family. We know we can piss off family and things will always be okay in the end because they're, they're kind of stuck with us. And so I think just stepping into that creator role and really understanding what can I control and what can I not. And we start to realize that there's there's a lot of things that we can't control. There's arguably probably more things that we can't control than things that we can. And so as I developed this mindset over the last five years, before I even tried, you know, working on my misophonia, I started seeing patterns in my life where this was happening, where I was very much focusing on external things and not realizing how I could actually shift and change my own situation. So one of the things that I drastically improved was my money mindset, for example. I grew up with the stories of, we'll always be poor, you'll always be in debt, you'll never have enough. And so I found myself in jobs that didn't pay a lot, and I found myself always without money. I would get a paycheck and then it would be gone. And so that was a story where I very much had to look at it and say, okay, are these things actually true? Or is this something internally that I am operating on? Is it some kind of pattern or unconscious beliefs that's leading me to this behavior to where I feel like I'm always broke, I'm always in debt, and things are never going to change? So when I did get to my misophonia, this kind of mindset that I started stepping into really was the catalyst for me being able to clear up my misophonia. Because again, I had that light bulb moment of, and this is when we're going to get to the tattoo, I had that light bulb moment of, holy crap, It's not the sounds that are making me feel this way, feel this discomfort, this anger, this rage. It's the way that my mind is processing them. And that really was the light bulb moment for me because I realized that all my life I had been trying to blame and change the world for how my mind was perceiving things. So I was attempting to get other people to change their behavior, to stop making these sounds, to make me more comfortable. I don't know if you've if you've realized this or not, but changing other people is a losing game. It doesn't work. It is so difficult to change other people, let alone change the freaking world. If that were the case, we'd have world peace right now, right? Or we'd be in total war. I don't know. It could go either way, depending on who's changing it. It's so difficult to change others in the world. What we can do, though, is we do have control over our own bodies and minds and we can choose 
to shift old beliefs and patterns that are no longer serving us. And I'm not saying it's as easy as just like snap your fingers and your brain's rewired. It's going to take some effort because, you know, it took a lot of repetition and conditioning to get you to where you are now. So it does take some conscious effort to rewire. It doesn't have to be a super painful process though. So what I walk my clients through, we laugh a lot. We have fun. When I had my session with Dr. John Connolly, him and I were laughing through it. It gets to be fun. It doesn't always have to be this icky, painful, yucky experience. And so this is when we're getting to the tattoo, right? So I told you how I had that light bulb moment of, oh my gosh, I can rewire the way that my mind processes these sounds so that I don't have to change everyone else. I just get to change myself. I get to change how I'm responding. And then I don't have to worry about all this other crap in my environment. And so I went to get my tattoo. I got two. Like I said, I got a teeny tiny one on my wrist. It's just a single word. And then basically when I went to get this tattoo, he's like, are you sure you don't want anything else? Because my minimum is is one hour and your wrist tattoo is going to take me like 10 minutes. So somehow I went in for one teeny tiny tattoo and I ended up with a giant tattoo on my right shoulder, which is really unbelievable because I definitely have commitment issues. So I don't know how I ended up with this huge tattoo that'll be there forever. But this tattoo is really cool. I'm going back in about four weeks to get it finished. It still needs some color and and filled in and things like that. But the tattoo is this giant light bulb. And then growing from the light bulb, it's very similar to the logo for the podcast and for my programs. Growing from the light bulb are these beautiful flowers because that light bulb moment really led to so much growth for me. And my life is so much better now that I've been able to take responsibility for what I was experiencing and shifting my own mind because it's useful for me. I didn't do it for anyone else. I did it for me so that I can live freer and not have to be so full of anger and rage and frustration because of other things in the external world. I can take control of what's happening internally and shift that and create a pattern that's more useful. And that's what I've done over this last year. So I'm really excited about this tattoo that it's representing that and Of course, it reminds me of the work that I'm doing with others too, because I'm so passionate about it. And so to have that on my shoulder, I'm very excited. I'll post a picture once it's done. So it'll be a while because again, I have to go back and and get it finished. But the reason I wanted to bring up this tattoo, one, it ties into what I was just talking about, that light bulb moment of, oh, I can rewire the way my mind is responding. I also wanted to bring it up because not sure if you know this, but tattoos are freaking painful. (laughs) And of course I knew this going into it, but I even told my sister, I was like, I really don't think the pain is going to be much of a problem for me. And at first it wasn't. At first it was fine. I was doing great. The tattoo artist was even like, you're doing amazing. You're not moving. This is great. Until we got to the coloring, we started working on the green and the leaves and I had to tap out. I, I was at my breaking point. I probably went even longer than maybe I should have, but I went to my absolute max. Like I could not take it anymore. I was about to punch that man, this lovely man who was tattooing me. I was about to punch him in the face because I just couldn't take it anymore. That moment though, I learned a lot about myself because I hadn't pushed myself to the absolute limit like that in a really long time. 
And I'm not saying that we should do this all the time. You're going to burn yourself out doing that. But I think really the last time I pushed myself to the absolute limit was when I ran a half marathon several years ago and I was very undertrained. I was in really crappy shoes. Like I remember I went to get a nice pair of running shoes and I had the shoes that I wore for that half marathon and the guy literally bent them in half and he's like, how did you finish a half in these shoes? These are terrible. They were basically like fashion gym shoes. They really, I don't know how I finished it, but I pushed myself to the absolute limit. My body was exhausted after that. And that was years ago. I think that was in like 2017, 2018. So we're talking like at least five years ago. And so to have this experience where I was so focused and in my body and really like understanding like, oh my gosh, like I am a human being and I am experiencing something so intense, I really learned a lot about myself. I think just having that experience where you're totally just on edge and you are at your absolute limit, it really helps you understand just the capacity you have for different things. And I I bring this up because it's very much like misophonia. And I even made a joke when I was getting tattooed because the tattoo artist knew that this tattoo was tied into my journey with misophonia. And I even said, it's like I swapped out one, one hell or one pain for another. So I swapped out the horribleness of misophonia to the pain of getting this tattoo. Now, thankfully, after like three and a half, four hours, I could say, okay, I'm done, right? It's not always the case with with misophonia, depending on where you're at and your journey with it. But it was very much the same. Like with misophonia, I would be pushed to my absolute limit. And it's in those moments that you can learn so much about yourself. And it's in those moments where you can be inspired to make a change, It can either push you over the edge or it can push you to be like, okay, I'm done with this. What can I do to make a change, to shift things? Like this is it for me. And getting to that point, it just, it can inspire so much. And for me, that point was several years ago. I was working, you know, my first nine to five job out of college. I was spending more than I made because my fiance and I, we'd called off our wedding. We'd broken up. He moved out. I was left with the apartment And I was struggling to pay the bills on my own. I wasn't even like spending frivolously or anything. I just, I was making, I think like $13 an hour maybe. And just living in this apartment by myself. And I had a dog and a cat and just taking care of everything. And I just got to a point, it was like a breaking point. And I was like, I've, I've had enough. I have to do something. And I actually drew money from my savings, drained my savings and went solo on a trip to Egypt and everyone in my life was like what the hell are you doing they couldn't believe that I just was like dropping all this money and going by myself to another country I hadn't been out of the country since I was 12 and when I was 12 I went with my grandparents so I had familiar people with me I was going totally by myself meeting up with a group of strangers and traveling this amazing country and it was really, I got to that breaking point and I was like, I can either crumble under the weight of all of this. And at that point I was still experiencing misophonia, by the way. I was like, I can either crumble under the weight of this. I just broke up with someone that I really thought I was going to spend the rest of my life with. I don't have any money. I just have a little bit that's left in savings, which I spent for this trip. And I don't know what the hell I want to do with my life. I knew that I didn't want to keep working at the place that I was working. I was trying to start my business as a VA And I just felt really lost. And I was like, I can either 
give up now or I can do something drastic and say, okay, how can I take control of my life, take my life into my own hands and create something new? And for me, I just knew it in my bones that trip to Egypt was the way that I was going to do it. And I'm so glad that I took that risk. It was a huge risk, especially pulling money from my savings and going on that trip. It was freaking life changing because I remember very specifically sitting at the Dendera temple and looking out into Egypt. And I just remember thinking, no matter what, I'm going to be okay because I have myself and I can get through anything. And I have the exact picture like captured and I knew exactly what I was feeling and thinking in that picture. And it's to this day, one of my favorite pictures for my travels because I know exactly what I was feeling in that moment. It was so incredibly healing and it gave me the energy that I needed to really dive into that mindset work. The mindset work of shifting from victim to creator and actually getting my life together and starting to make those shifts. Now, of course, working on my misophonia didn't come until much later. This was in, I went to Egypt in 2019 and I didn't clear up my misophonia until 2023. So there were still several years to go, right? It wasn't an overnight switch. I had several years to get myself on this journey. And so when I got back from Egypt, I started, well, I had already kind of started my VA business, but I invested in a course to help me get started. I was working as a VA while also working at my nine to five. Eventually in the middle of COVID, I quit my nine to five. I took a chance on myself and I went all in with my business. I found myself a cheaper apartment. There were stains on the carpet. The neighbors were always smoking weed. So my bedroom always smelled like weed. It was loud. There was a TV upstairs that was really loud, which if you have misophonia, you know, that's terrible. I would have people like late at night knocking on my door. I would not answer, but I had random people just knocking on my door at night in the middle of the night. And, but I did it right. I was like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to suck it up. I'm going to do what I have to do. I went full-time in my business. I built that up. I started getting into coaching. I got my certifications in NLP, EFT, neuro-linguistic programming, hypnosis, all those fun things. And the journey really just continued on from there. I worked on my money mindset. I worked on, again, stepping into that creator mode in my life. I worked on actually standing up for myself and my relationships and being really clear and forward about what I wanted. I didn't stay in relationships just because I felt like I needed to. If something wasn't working, I would end it and I would say, hey, this isn't working out. You know, like this isn't what I'm looking for. And all of this work, this this trauma that I released and went through, I did like a spiritual mentorship uh, with someone, which was really amazing. It all led me to the place that I'm in today, which led me to a place where I could actually focus on and shift my own misophonia clearing up a lot of these other old patterns and beliefs that weren't serving me, it gave me the room and the freedom that I needed to then clear up something that had plagued me for years and years and years. And so I really wanted to share this episode because there are some people, I have some family members and people who look at my life now and what I've created for myself and what I want to create for myself and I've had people make certain comments about, oh, that must be nice or, oh, that must be easy or whatever else. And it's just not the case. I want you to know that if you are listening to this or you're seeing some of the things that I post on Instagram and you're like, I could never do that. I'm telling you that you can because the situation that I was in five, six years ago is so different than where I'm at now. I am 
so completely different in the best and most amazing ways. And I'm so grateful for all the crap that I went through in the last 20 plus years because it gave me the tools and the motivation to get where I am now. And I cannot wait to see like me at 35 or 40, for example. I can't wait to see what 20-year-old me is setting up for 35-year-old me, for 40-year-old me, for 45-year-old me. I truly believe it's just going to get better and better. And I want this for you too, which is why I'm sharing this. I'm sharing this because I want you to know if you're feeling hopeless or feeling like, oh, I'm never going to be able to do that. Human beings are so powerful, are so amazing. You are capable of way more than you think you are. I promise you. I'm starting to get a little preachy, but I'm telling you it's true. And for me, this is where I said I'd kind of tap into my spirituality a little bit. And again, I'm not pressing this on you at all. And whatever you believe is a perfectly beautiful thing. For me personally, though, I definitely, I'm not a religious person, but I'm, I'm very spiritual. I definitely believe in kind of an overarching, you know, larger intelligence, larger creator. I don't typically use the word God. I typically use like the word universe, but even, I even believe there's a creator of the universe. It's, it's for me, like it makes sense in my head that it's often hard for me to put into words. And so for me, I think what really got me to a place of peace, like I started this episode and saying, of course, I don't want to die today. There's so much more I want to do and experience. And also, I very much feel that we are here living this human experience to grow and to evolve and to experience. And so for me, I've gotten to experience so much. Has it all been good? No, but there's been a lot of amazing moments kind of woven in there. And so I was actually just talking with a client about this recently. If you are in your journey with misophonia and you're working to alleviate the suffering that you're experiencing, I really, really encourage you to celebrate even the teeniest, tiniest progress. Even just the littlest thing, like maybe you are having dinner with your partner, you're sitting on the couch And you were able to have the volume on the TV down five notches lower than you'd normally have it. It doesn't seem like much, but that's growth. And the more that we give attention to that growth, the more that we nurture that growth, the more that we celebrate that growth, the more of it we are going to create. What we focus on is what we create. And so if we're always saying, oh, this is never going to get better, what is wrong with me? If we're always blaming ourselves and blaming the world, then we're going to create more of that negativity because it's what we're nurturing. It's what we're focusing on. It's the energy that we're calling in. It's the energy we're putting out there. And so if you want to make more progress, celebrate and focus on the progress. And I know that's not always easy. That can be challenging, especially when you're in the thick of it. And so that's why I like physically documenting. Anytime you've noticed even the teeniest bit of growth, write it down, document it somehow, Put it in a notebook, put it in your phone so that when you are in those moments when you feel helpless, you can go back to that and you can be like, this is evidence right here. I'm on the right track. I'm doing better than I was five days ago. I'm doing it. My client and I, we also recently talked about the word trying. So they use the word or they use the phrase like, oh, I'm just, I'm trying my best. I'm trying so hard to rewire my mind. And I said, you know, the word try a lot of us associate that with failure. And 
you know, sometimes like let's say that you're running a race and you come in third or fourth and you might have your parents say, oh, well, you tried your best. You gave it your all. And it's like, yeah, you didn't get the result that you wanted, but you tried. Or someone can say, well, at least you tried. At least you didn't give up. And so we often associate the word try with failure. You aren't trying to alleviate your suffering. You're doing it. You're doing it by listening to this podcast. You're doing it by going to therapy. You're doing it by trying new things. You aren't trying, you're doing. And anytime you have any kind of process, document it, celebrate it. It's so, so helpful if you can have something to look back on. That's why every year, rather than New Year's resolutions, I like to, at the end of the year, I like to document all the amazing things that happened for me in that year. It doesn't matter how little or how big, I put everything down. I usually do like some kind of Instagram post so that I can always go back to it and I document all the amazing things. So that way, let's say, you know, I document everything for 2022 and then I get halfway through 2023 and I'm like, this year sucks. My life sucks. What am I doing with myself? I can go back to that list and be like, no, 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 no. Look at how much I grew over the last year. Imagine what else I'm going to create moving forward. So I love having that list to look back on. And then rather than a resolution, I always choose a word, some kind of word that I want to embody, some kind of energy that I want to step into, into the coming year. And knowing that I'm tapping into and operating from that energy, that's going to lead me to create the things that are going to be most useful for me going forward. And so again, I said I would tie all of this back to misophonia. I just... I think there's something really, really beautiful about the human experience. The fact that we are here, think of like, even if you're not spiritual like me or religious or whatever, think of all of the little tiny things that had to happen in order for you to even exist. So think about your parents, think about their parents, think about the people before them and before them. Like, let's say a thousand years ago, these two people happen to not meet at a certain time in a certain place and decide to create something together, which then created more life, which then created more life. If that thing hadn't happened a thousand years ago, you wouldn't even be here. That is incredible and also really trippy to think about. And so for me, I think the human experience, while it can be really tough, it can be excruciating, it can be painful, it can be frustrating. It's also just a really beautiful, unique thing. And you really do have more ability than you'll ever know to create what it is that you really want in life. It may sometimes be messy. You'll probably mess up a lot. You'll make a lot of mistakes. But if you can, like I said earlier, if you can reframe those and find the one good thing and find how you can grow from that and how you can evolve, then you're on your way there. It's inevitable that you're going to create more good in your life. Because again, what we focus on is what we create more of. Do you have to be happy all the time? No. Do you have to see the good in everything all the time? No. We are human beings. We experience both good and bad. The, the bad is how we appreciate the good. The good is how we know when it's bad. It's kind of a scale, right? That polarity that we experience. But what you focus on is what you are creating. And so if you're always playing the victim and you're like, this sucks, nothing's ever going to get better. This is the worst. Why does this always happen to me? That's what you're pulling in. But if you can allow those emotions to run through you and then you can pick yourself up and say, okay, you know what? This sucked. I didn't ask for this. I didn't have control over this. 
maybe you even say, I didn't deserve this, whatever. We can talk about deserving this and fairness another time. But let's say that that's your mindset. You can be like, you know what? I didn't want this, but what can I, like it happened. I can't change it. What can I take from this? How can I grow? How can I evolve? How can I use this crappy situation to make me even stronger and an even better human moving forward? So again, this episode was kind of all over the place, but I just sat down and I I wanted to share and I feel like I said what I wanted and needed to say. And if you're still listening to this, this is a longer episode than what I normally upload. So thank you for listening. And I would love to hear your thoughts on this too. And again, I, I'm no stranger to people saying things on the internet or on a podcast and you're like, yeah, that sounds nice. Or, oh, you're full of crap, right? Or, oh, of course, it's easy for you to say because you don't experience X, Y, and Z. If you dig a little deeper, though, you can see that those people who you're saying that about, they've probably experienced a lot more than you'll actually realize. And they've gone on a journey to do the work and transform themselves and how they see things. And it would be really crappy of me if I didn't share that experience. It feels very aligned. It feels very genuine for me to share it, especially when I think back on just how different my life used to be and how different my attitude used to be. So I thank you for listening to this. And again, if you are interested in working with me uh, in in a capacity and working with your misophonia and you're not quite ready to dive into the eight-week program, I get it. This masterclass is going to be really fun and I'm going all out. My goal is to provide you a lot of value and we're talking under $100. We're talking under $50 for the early bird pricing. So this is a way for us to be together for a few hours. We're going to do it live. Again, if you can't make it live, still register because that's how you'll get the recording. You're going to get some additional bonuses and resources. And those bonuses are actually worth more than what you're even paying, right? So win there. It's going to be a really high value, low ticket offer. And I'm really, really, really looking forward to it. Like I said, I love the energy of a group of people coming together to experience something. It's just, it, there's more energy to fuel something really, really amazing. So link for that will be in the show notes, whether it's the wait list or the actual enrollment. Again, I'm, I'm not sure when this will come out in, in terms of the masterclass schedule, but more information. There will be a link in the show notes. Click it. It'll take you to where you need to be. And I want to thank you again for sitting with me for this very long episode. And I will catch you in the next one. Oh, and please be sure to leave a rating to subscribe to the podcast. Leave a rating, leave some feedback. Thank you so much.